Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to be talking about crystals, Reiki healing, and the funniest words. Reiki is a method of energy healing, and um, you are channeling the universal life force energy. The idea is that when you have a spiritual upset or somewhere that's not right? That affects your physical body. Our medical um, system is failing a lot of people. And I think people are just really starting to look outside the box and think, you know what? These pills are not working. No, let's give us 75. Let's say we live to 75. How many years do you think somebody will miss you? I'll say less than 10. Yeah, I think less than 10 too. For me as well. Yeah, well, I think everybody would, just so you could be with your family, or just go to the bar and go to the strip club. I don't know if that's a terrible idea. Like, if I was getting ready to get in a group brawl, and somebody on the other side just said, time to skedaddle, I don't know if, I think that's a great fighting technique. Like, I wouldn't be able to seriously continue. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Something that has always confused and frustrated me is how when it's 100 degrees outside here in Arizona, I can get a cold. I've just never understood that. And it's always irritated me. So while that's not the topic of this podcast, I just wanted to kind of go on that rant really quickly. Normally, before we get to our first guest, I like to kind of introduce them a little bit and talk about what they're going to talk about. I don't want to do this, that in this case. I want to let our first guest really just speak for themselves. This is crystal expert and Reiki healer, Athena Bari. Essentially, what are crystals? What is, is it Reiki healing? Is that how you pronounce it? Reiki. Reiki healing. What are those things? Reiki is a method of energy healing. Um, it has Japanese roots, and um, you are channeling the universal life force energy. Um, so the healer themselves is not um, actually, it's not their own energy. They're channeling it, and you are transferring that to the person that you are working with. And crystals um, have their own energy. They're from the mineral kingdom. And each crystal has its own vibration, its own energy, 
And it's really nice what I found in to use crystals together with Reiki because you can really kind of fine tune what you want to work with on somebody. Reiki energy will go wherever it's needed most. But when you use crystals, if somebody, for example, has anxiety or depression or stomach issues, you can direct that energy via the crystal to have an emphasis of healing in their area, their problem area. Now, when you're talking about healing, are you talking about physical healing, kind of spiritual healing? What kind of healing are we talking it's about? A, it's an all-around. It's an all-around. Um, you have different types of uh, illness, we'll say, or um, you know, not feeling well. And that could be physically ill. That could be mentally. It could be emotionally. And it could be spiritually. Uh, Reiki tends to be more on the spiritual side. And the idea is that when you have a spiritual upset or somewhere that's not right, that affects your physical body. And your, your physical body, it manifests through a problem with your physical body. So the, the idea is if you solve and heal whatever the spiritual issue is, that in turn your body will respond and get better. I think the obvious kind of question is, is there any scientific, so to speak, or medical documentation that these work? There is. There has been. Yeah, they're using Reiki for um, cancer patients now. Um, they're finding it's it's really been amazing for helping people um, in conjunction with their own therapies, like what their the medical doctors are doing. Having these together, it really has been shown to help people. There's been studies on it. Um, they're also using it with veterans in the veteran hospitals now uh, for people who are suffering with PTSD. Um, and I've started getting involved with a program that is um, meant to actually teach, like the Reiki Level 1, what, which you can heal yourself with, um, teaching this to the veterans so they can also do self-care themselves. Um, they're also using Reiki for healing uh, post-op in hospitals now um, and with children that are in, like, children's hospital. So it's, it's really been a, a wonderful addition to just your standard medical protocols. Do you think that's because that, say, something is interacting with something, so to speak? Or do you think that's just because it kind of relaxes people and maybe the placebo effect kind of thing? Have they been able to differentiate between those things? Well, the placebo effect, I mean, when you feel better inside, you feel better outside. Um, whether you want to call that placebo or not, crystals have an actual energy that has, is scientific. You can, it can be read on a, on a, one of their meters. Um, these meters scientists use, there, there's actually a, an energy that is emitted. And we as people are energy. Every cell, every, every little piece of our makeup is formed from energy. And so, of course, it's going to be affected. Um, I personally don't think it's a placebo effect. Of course, I do it myself. But um, I think when you are able to work with cells that are struggling and give them that positive energy, they will get better. 
do a lot of people seem to be kind of lacking that positive energy? Do you feel like that's increasing or do you think like that's decreasing? I think a lot of people are becoming more aware that they're affected by negative energy. Um, I think it's across the board. More people are reaching for things. Our medical um, system is failing a lot of people. Um, we have, we spend more money in this country than anywhere else in the world. And we have like the highest cancer rates, the highest, this, that, like, like so sick as a, as a whole in this country. And I think people are just really starting to look outside the box and think, you know what? These pills are not working. They're making me worse. I'm getting sick. I have you know, they have side effects. They have, they, you fix one thing and you have something else go wrong. So they're starting to look towards other things, more holistic ways. Reiki happens to be one of those. How did you How did you kind of get started? Um, I had a lot of pain myself. Um, I've struggled with chronic back pain for 16, 17 years. I had a rollover car accident when I was 19. And um, I've done therapies, I've had medication, and the medication started to really make me feel awful. And I started looking into other modalities, other things to help me. Um, And I came across Reiki and I was really called to that. And when I started doing it, I could feel the difference. Now, again, this was chronic, so I ended up having um, a surgery to correct a fracture that I had in my back. Um, and when I was healing from it, when I was post-op in the, in the hospital, I had so much pain, nerve pain and everything from just the surgery itself, having hardware in there, everything, nothing would take care of the pain. They gave me morphine, they gave me a whole slew of drugs, nothing would work, and I was shaking from pain. Like, my body was literally shaking, my jaw was clattering, and my husband yells at me, do Reiki on yourself, for God's sakes, you're you're a Reiki master, and it just, I thought, oh my God, you're right, like, what am I doing? And I started to do Reiki on myself, and it was the only thing that helped me calm down and help my nerves calm, not just emotionally and like physically calm down. And I had another woman in the hospital come in and do Reiki on me. I had another woman come in and do sound healing for me. And I had my crystals all, I mean, the the nurses thought this was like, she must have thought I was a real hippie because I had crystals all over me. And this was the only thing that was helping their medicine for all they were doing and giving me did nothing. So I'm, I'm a huge believer in the, the value that Reiki can offer you for, um, for post-op. I'm not saying it should replace medical, but it's, it's wonderful in addition to it. For people who are looking at crystals, like the, they're, the different ones work differently or how does the, how does this work? Sure. Well, crystals have different, uh, structures. They have, um, literally, as they grow, if you've ever, as a kid, you have those crystal kits, you'll see different ones grow differently. Um, And as they grow, that creates a different energy flow. It's kind of like uh, when you look at light through a kaleidoscope, you know, as you change the shapes, the light goes in different directions. It's very similar, a similar concept with a crystal. The energy moves differently. 
Um, so there's different crystals for different things. And you have energy sources in your body called chakras. And those are also affected differently by the correlating crystals. When you deal with somebody that might say, okay, this sounds, this sounds kind of out there. Do you feel like that perception is still out there or do you feel like that is changing? It's definitely still out there. Um, you have people that are very, you know, uh, tunnel vision on Western medicine and that's okay. They're welcome to have that opinion. Um, I'm not trying to bring anybody over to the light, so to speak, you know, um, I think it's a wonderful thing that can help in addition and anyone who doesn't believe, um, I would welcome them to try it and see if they themselves notice any difference. Um, because I've had, I've had some that really thought I was kind of crazy. And then I said, okay, well, let me do it for you. And they were surprised and in a, in a good way. Um, anybody who doesn't believe, I just welcome them to try it. it. It doesn't hurt you. Nothing happens to you. You know, it's, it's not like going to the doctor and they cut you open. Are, are the clients and the people who are into this, so to speak, and maybe into this isn't necessarily the right word, but do they fit? Kind of, okay. Like for somebody like what I'm imagining, and this is, you know, older kind of Western medicine kind of ideas, like the hippie people on the beach. Is it, is it that kind of demographic or are you seeing it kind of expand into people that maybe somebody wouldn't expect would be into it or using it? I think a lot more people are into it than one would expect. Uh, my clients are definitely not hippies. Um, I do have some that are, uh, I guess you would say, more hippie on the beach style. But I also have pharmacists and doctors. Um, so it, it's that you wouldn't think they wear lab coats to work, but they have they suffer from anxiety and the medication that they are trained in and trained to use, you know, everything about isn't helping them. So they'll turn to someone like me for spiritual help, emotional help, physical help to overcome their issues with, you know, for example, anxiety. I feel like anxiety is so pervasive in our society right now. For somebody who is looking to kind of alleviate that and deal with that, what would you recommend? Yes, anxiety seems to be a plague on all of us. And I think a big problem is we have a mentality here that you are just supposed to work, 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 work. And you forget to take time for yourself. Um, some of the people who suffer from anxiety, it's literally their nervous system, um, which is means it's not a choice. It's your, some of them, it's genetic. Um, your body is just built that way. So for them, it's, for everyone, it's really important to get outside, to have some fresh air, to, I call it, you know, grounding, which is reconnecting with the energy of our earth. Our earth also has its own energy and just connecting to it. Walk barefoot on the grass, see how you feel after. It makes such a difference. And taking time just to kind of take care of yourself. You don't, it doesn't always have to be work. It doesn't always have to be a schedule you're not always going to have to do this and a lot of these people who suffer from anxiety feel like um like they're like they're chained to their responsibilities or chained to their life rather than living their life 
if somebody wanted to kind of get like, say, the crystal starter set, for lack of a better phrase, what should they be looking for? Um, well, a chakra set is usually um, an easy first way to go. Um, chakras are your energy source, and you usually have they have like pretty basic um, stones, and a lot of them are just wonderful for whatever um, whatever you're needing, uh, whether it's you know self love or you want to connect to your third eye or you have confidence issues and you need to feel stronger. You have a hard time voicing your opinion. You need some more. Uh, you feel like you have evil eyes on you. Uh, you want money. You want to attract abundance into your life. Um, and the chakra sets uh, usually have one or more that handle all of those things. So it's a good. It's a good start. It's a good place to start. Rose quartz is probably. The first one that most people gravitate to, rose quartz and amethyst, um, are the ones most people try and um, are great for self-love. And just um, the amethyst is great for your own intuition and really feeling, how would I say, um, trusting your own intuition, trusting yourself. A lot of people have problems with that. So I've heard that phrase before, the third eye. What, is, I don't, what does that mean? What are, what are you talking about with that? Your third eye is your um, chakra center right between your brow, like by your forehead. Um, it's an energy source. Um, it's usually affiliated with a cup of purple or indigo. And um, this is your, this is one of your intuition sources. You also have your gut actually has uh, intuition. You know, you say trust your gut. That's another one. And your third eye is another one. Um, when you're becoming more spiritual, you're starting to look outside the box that man has created in their religion or um, structure of society. Um, third eye is what you want to kind of open and you start to see the world in a little bit of a different way. You start to recognize people not just as you know, machines, but as their own unique sources of energy and love and um Opening it really helps you just to see the world a little bit, a little bit different, and a little bit uh, more open and accepting. For oh, I just blanked on the question that I was going to ask. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was listening. You're focusing on your eyes. I know. I was listening so much that I forgot on what the next question I was going to ask you was going to be. Um, I think one of the other kind of skeptics, so to speak, questions would be if you have if you have somebody that comes to you, though, and needs significant medical attention or something like that, will you okay. turn them away? Like, hey, I need I need this crystal healing. I'm sorry, sir, you have a broken leg. Like, how do you kind of how do you deal with that? Does that make sense when I'm asking? Sure. Um, well, like I said before, I think Reiki is a wonderful addition to medical um, intervention. And I would not turn them away, um, but I would also say, you know, this is outside of my scope of energy healing. This requires more than energy. Your, you know, your bone is shattered or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, I am happy to do the healing, and it supports that healing also. Um, but if you have a, an obvious injury, you know, an open wound or... Cause the reiki can help your body heal 
but you're still going to have an infection. You're going to need some, you know, um, your body needs help. So, okay, like for example, your body is amazing at self-healing. We are, we are literally made to self-heal. And when I say that, to give you an example, you know, how many times as a kid did you uh, cut your finger or skin your knees, right? And then what happens after that? Well, you get a scab and, um, well, how do you get a scab? Well, your body makes that. Your body creates that. It immediately starts sending its energy to that hurt area and begins the healing process. Now, if you stick a bunch of dirt in there, you know, and rub dirt into your wound, it's it's not going to get better. It's going to get infected. You're going to have pus. It's going to, it doesn't get better. But if you give your body the right, the right um, environment to heal, it, it will do that. That's what it's designed to do. If you keep your wound clean um, with an internal problem, if you give it the, the supplements, the minerals, the vitamins that your body needs to heal, it will heal. And Reiki is another form of energy you're giving your body to heal. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you've got puffs and fractures, well, now you need something more than just vitamins. You know, now you, now you need some. For somebody who's looking for, looking for somebody like yourself, how can they differentiate? Like, what should they be looking for in someone who really knows what they're doing versus somebody that might be, you know, not the best? Um, I find the ones that give a lot of pressure or scare tactics, if you don't do this, that's going to happen to you run, just go away, because that's, they're trying to scare you into, uh, into something. If their, their fees are super high, I mean, Reiki should be for everybody. It should be an affordable service. Um, it shouldn't break your bank. If, if they're, if they're charging some amazing fee and promising you amazing, incredible results, I, I would be a little skeptical myself. Yes, I would. Um, People who genuinely want to heal. I'm not saying that it's free, like our time is valuable too. Um, and the study that we, we put in, hours we put in is valuable too. But our interest is in helping, not draining. So if they're, if they're scaring you with things or having really high fees, I would maybe question it. And then also just reach out to them, talk to them. How do they, how do they feel about you using them? Are they, are they like, no, you have to, or are they just, when you're ready, please come back. Come, I'll be here. Um, there shouldn't be any amount of pressure to hire them. When when you're doing when you're using the crystals, and I let me apologize. I know I'm not kind of using the right phrases necessarily to talk about things, but so give me a little bit of give me a little bit of leeway on that one. Um, but when you're using them, are you running them over the body? Do you kind of just put them next to the body? Like, how does it work? Um, well, in person, when I do in-person healing, um, I will have the crystals on and around uh, the person. Um, so I'll have at their different energy sources. So like one, one at the top of the head, one on the third eye on their, on their forehead, one by their throat, their chest, their stomach. Um, and then I'll have some maybe down by their feet. Uh, and I'll use uh, clear quartz, which I use as an amplifier, which, which basically means it just... Um, well, it amplifies the energy of the crystals. I'll have that around them. And then I do perform the Reiki right on top of, like, on their person. When I use distance healing, which I do a lot of for um, my Instagram followers, I create a grid for them around a picture that they send me. Um, like a selfie, simple selfie will do. 
and I create a grid around that, and I choose crystals based on what they've told me they need, um, and I place that around them, and then I send the energy, like channel the energy to them. Have you ever had people kind of contact you and say, you're doing this, this is wrong, you shouldn't be doing this, or anything like that? The only time I ever had a really... A really wild experience was uh, after I had put a post about using pendulums and how to use a pendulum. That really sparked some some interesting reactions. Um, but that's it. But otherwise, no. It, it, it's usually just, oh, that's cool, or, huh, what is that? Or, oh, okay, yeah, I'm still kind of, you know, you either, you're, you're open to it or you're not. And there, there doesn't seem to be any animosity towards Reiki, though, that I've experienced. How do you kind of, I guess, moving forward, like, how do you kind of change that idea of people who are not open to it, would never consider it, give me the drugs, that kind of mindset? Like, what does it need to move more into the forefront? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, um, I have friends whose husbands were totally thought what I was doing was not, like, was just crazy. Didn't believe, thought it was nuts. And then as they saw more and more people wanting it and like saw for example like my followers grow and not grow from you know 500 or a thousand but grow up to tens of thousands all of a sudden it was like wow okay well maybe there is something to this um people really a lot of people need to see things to believe them and sometimes just seeing how other people react is enough for them and for those that are really set on western medicine that is okay too um you know everybody has their own has their own ideas about things, and I'm not here to try to change them. I have my own beliefs, and you're welcome to yours. But if you'd like to try mine, it's totally okay too. <laughs> Is there like a fake crystal market or anything like that? Yes, yes, there's definitely a fake uh, crystal market. You see a lot of fake things coming from China and India, uh, but mostly China. Um, I mean, I've had. I feel I feel bad. I had people reach out from India. They're asking for stones from here in the U.S. And like, oh my God, the shipping just to send like a, a small stone would be so much. And they tell me they can't get anything real there. And um, you know, on eBay, even on Etsy, and especially Amazon, um, you have to be careful. Try to find out where the sellers are because they will send you something that looks like it, but it's not what you ordered. Um, I've ordered even. Uh, crystal point, which I use as amplifiers for my grids and for crystal grids and for uh, my patients, and they sent me um, tumbled glass. And um, you know, I got my money back through PayPal, but I told them like, "Hey, you sent me glass," <laughs> and the guy was like, "No, no, this is this is real crystal." So, okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Are they? I would imagine like anything else. I mean, do they they do they range pretty? significantly in terms of price? Like how much are we talking lower level and upper level? Um, it depends on what your access is and where you are, I think. Uh, but it they run, you know, you can go to um, like a museum has them a lot. You can get genuine ones in a museum for sure if you're ever in the gift shop, like Natural History Museum. Um, I think the first amethyst I got was uh, my kids picked up in uh, the Natural History Museum. Um, and they're cheap. They're, you know, $4, $5, something like this. Um, and then when you get into, like, the really higher quality, excellent cut, it, it's, it's just like a diamond. A diamond is a crystal. It's the same thing. 
you can buy a, a diamond that has a lot of inclusions and it's a little cheaper and, you know, it has color and all that. Or you can buy a really nice diamond that has no inclusions and is a, you know, D color and that's going to run you thousands. So it's, it's very similar with crystals. Do you ever see people kind of go overboard in the sense like they're spending way too much money on them? I think that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> um, I don't think you can spend too much on crystals because I love them, but um, I'm sure my husband would disagree. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, can you spend too much on anything? I don't know. Can you buy too many shoes? I mean, can you buy too many cars? Yes, I guess, I suppose, but according to who? Am I missing anything? Like, are there anything others that, that you'd want to talk about or like this is an important aspect of this or anything like that? Well, I really love having an alternative to what the doctors tell us because I feel like we have been brought up here to solely depend on what the doctor, like they are the authority on our health. And please know they're not. They're people too. They're human too. They make mistakes too. And just follow your own intuition, your own gut feeling. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. So when you go to that doctor and he wants to give you that bottle of pills, just take a moment, pause. You know, I would say just pause and think, is this really for my in my best interest? And look outside the box because Mother Nature has so much to give us. If we're just a little more open, we, we can really take care of ourselves, heal ourselves, look at our food. It's it's so, it's got so many antibiotics in it now and pesticides and chemicals that man has done to it, right? And it looks pretty in the market, but it's poison. So try to eat better. Try to take care of yourself. Eat a little cleaner. Take some moments to meditate. Um, take a bath when you need to relax. Sleep when you need to rest. And look outside the box when it comes to feeling better because there is more than just Western medicine. I don't, I don't usually do this very much on the podcast. I don't want to put my personal opinion in there necessarily, but I want to give you my personal opinion in order to ask this question because I can't think of a better way to do it. What would you say to somebody, to me specifically, I guess in this case, for somebody who both agrees with you and completely disagrees with you at the same time? Well, like, I feel that a lot of what you're saying makes sense. And maybe it is just my upbringing, disclaimer a little bit, that my father was a medical doctor, my grandfather was a medical doctor. So listening to it, like, I feel like a lot of what you're saying makes sense. And then there's a part of me that says, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. What would you say to somebody that has those kind of feelings necessarily? Well, I, I understand, and you're totally entitled to have them, and I'm not taking away from your father or your grandfather's work in any way, um, but, you know, they are human, too. And let's just look at, let's look at the medical profession. Let's look at how much it has changed over time. Let's look at the 1950s when they were giving women in labor drugs that actually ended up disforming children. At the time... They thought that that was a perfectly reasonable drug to give to a mother in labor. It would help her with pain. They only realized later they were actually hurting, permanently hurting the child. And now that drug is not okay anymore. Well, today we have, we use Pitocin. 
and they're doing studies on this now. So leptin, pitocin is what induces labor. Um, and using epidurals, which is a steroid for pain. But in 10 years and 15 years, we're going to have a little more research on what side effects that has had for the individual. Now, before we started introducing drugs, and I'm just using women and childbirth as an example because it's our, our most recent history of, of medical that you can put your hands on. Um, in the 1700s, they didn't have um, epidurals, and women would go through labor. Now, I know... And some will say that's crazy. Women died. Well, we also have a very high cesarean rate in the U.S. and we still have women and children dying in, in, in labor. So is it better? Is it not better? We were able to give birth naturally before. It is possible to do it now. We were able to eat organic food before. It is possible now. Now, if I have a bunch of pesticide food, am I going to be healthy? Does that make sense? I mean, does that kind of... No, no, I, I, I completely agree with you in that sense that, like, we don't always know exactly what we're doing. and No, I mean, it's all experimentation, really. That's what science is. They're, they're hypothesizing. They're experimenting. Yeah, and I, Does anybody have the authority on wellness? That's my argument. I don't think anybody has the authority on our wellness. And that's why I said be open to other possibilities. Are you impressed or depressed, I guess, by people's ability to keep an open mind? Well, I mean, I, I educate as much as I can. I try to put out the information. If they would like to be open to it, I think that's wonderful. Um, I always encourage everybody, do your own research. Go look into it. You don't have to take my word on it. I'm not the authority either. Um, but go have, go have a look. Just try to be open to it. And you know, I've had one follower, she, I had reached out and just suggested, have you tried, you know, some natural remedies for uh, pain condition? And I got back the, oh, no, that that wouldn't work for me. I absolutely can't do it. This is, I have to have these medications. So, okay, all right, that's fine. Well, now six months later, I've seen posts where she's doing all natural things now because she realized for her, and that was totally separate from me. I had nothing to do with this part, but she had realized that these drugs were hurting her and not making her better. So she decided to make this switch, and I was just following this, like, wow, well, look at that. And I would like to think that maybe I planted a seed. Maybe it was a thought that stuck with her that she thought, huh, you know, and I'm still sick. Maybe there's something to that, and I should start looking into alternatives. All we can do is plant the seeds. I, I can't, and I'm not going to try to force anybody to believe anything. You're, you're We ask this question to everybody who has an industry necessarily. What is the best crystal or Ricky-related joke? <laughs> a crystal Ricky joke? I, gosh, I, I'm so sorry to disappoint you on this one. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know any? No, I don't. I didn't even know what they possibly could be, but uh, you never know. We ask the question and see what the answer is going to be. I don't know. Gosh, I don't know. I'll have to, you know, have to Google that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anything else that you want to add? Anything like you have anything coming up or anything like that? Um, I'm creating a crystal course uh, that I'll be launching soon. I've really been working on it. I'm excited about it. Um, and it's an introduction to crystals and their, your way of using them to heal for yourself. Um, you don't need to have Reiki done to do it. You can do it at home. And I'm hoping that that gets some, some positive 
one. I want to thank Athena so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We've also included some information and ways to contact her on the RSS feed on this podcast. I I really like hearing what you guys have to say about our guests because I'm curious if if other people have the same kind of opinions as I do. And my opinion, I guess, about this whole thing is I'm skeptical. But I'm generally skeptical about everything, so I don't know if that means anything or not. But I do think that she brings up some good points. I think there's some very relevant things there, and I do think it is important to always have an open mind because what you believed a day ago might not be true at all today. So I think that there should always be some open-mindedness in in that aspect. And I think that she also brings up some really good topics and some really good discussion points about the prevalence of anxiety and stress in today's society and has some excellent suggestions about how people can deal with that. Because that is just as powerful, I think, health-wise and mental health-wise as anything else. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call, and I feel like I really want to give him a harder time than usual about basically everything. Look who's on time this time. Hey, just a couple of quick questions uh, for you. Um, I've been on vacation all week. I want to know what you have done with the podcast. I don't have to answer that. Why not? You're either setting me up to make fun of me or you're going to congratulate me. Why wouldn't you want to answer it, though? You, you tell me what you think I've done with the podcast. I have absolutely no idea. I haven't. I honestly absolutely have no idea. I haven't been paying any attention. I just want to know what you've done. But by the way that you're already on the defensive, I assume that you've done nothing. I've, I'm having a great time on my end. I'm running the top fictional cats versus dogs polls. How's that going? A couple of of upsets. That's some serious business right there. That's some serious business. (laughs) Well, you know, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. So just just remember that. Do you think that people will really miss you when you're gone? Well, when I start my own podcast and I crush yours, yes. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you're dead. No, no one's going to miss me. I've done nothing of importance. I kind of feel that way too, honestly. I'll give okay, okay. I'm gonna give myself I'm gonna give myself seven years of being missed. That's it. I'm gonna give myself seven years people will miss me, and then I think that's legitimately it. I mean there's I think there's a lot of factors. Are are your loved ones still gonna be around? Is anyone that's going to have ever cared about you? Are they gonna or is it gonna be like some second cousin that's still alive? Well, okay, let's assume that my kids are still alive. But they're boys. I mean, how many, how many men would say like, man, I really miss my dad. I really, truly miss them on a regular basis. I don't think that that's probably a lot because you kind of become your own man as you get older. So that's why I'd say like, if I have my boys, I don't think my wife would outlive me by that much. I'm going to say seven years tops. <laughs> what, what number are you going to put on it? I mean, if if you go early, I'll say fifteen years. But okay. If you let's assume that a we good long life. You know the way it's supposed to happen, or the way we think it's supposed to happen. 
I'll say under 10. Okay, let's assume that we live to 70. No, let's give us 75. Let's say we live to 75. How many years do you think somebody will miss you? I'll say less than 10. Yeah, I think less than 10 too. For me as well. Ooh, but I would... Now, when you say miss, do you just mean like... Like you're on someone's mind every day or just like, oh man, I miss grandpa. You know, you you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like somebody would say, oh, I miss grandpa for probably 10 years. I would say missed on a daily basis. I don't think I'm going farther than two. I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not that I agree with this, but I do think this is the way that our culture is, is that we kind of just forget about people when they die. I mean, unless it's a tragedy, you know, and, and you're like 25 and you lose your spouse, you know, like, and they're the same age. But if you live a long, decent life, just a normal life, I feel like people are like, oh, well, they lived a good life. And in a year, you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sad they're gone, but, you know. Yeah, I've I've never liked that saying that people would say like, oh, well, they died doing what they love. I bet if you took those people that you say they died doing what they loved at an early age and gave them the option of dying doing what they love and living for an extra week and being hit by a bus, I bet they'd take the bus. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's a tough one because I buy into all the, the BS uh, in terms of, you know, like in war, you know, like – dying for your country and you know giving the ultimate sacrifice i do not agree though with like when they when dale earnhardt died and everybody like what you just said was like oh well there's nowhere he would have rather died than running into a concrete wall at 200 miles an hour i'm not sure about that yeah i think that yeah i think that if you gave those people that kind of were in that circumstances I think if you gave them the choice of, like, you could do that or you could live another month, I bet they would live another month. Yeah, well, I think everybody would, just so you could be with your family. Or yeah. just go to the bar and go to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you don't want like your family, and if you know, if you, know you only have a month to live, uh, you know what I mean? You have other ideas. Um, you never did answer, though, what you've done with the podcast. Do you think that you have improved uh, the show overall in the last week? Oh, God, no. But I didn't bring us down like you did tonight. Don't be making fun of my, don't be making fun of my Instagram post about my facial hair. You know that. I mean, out of everything I've done, including putting out an absolute abomination of a you of a yo-yo video, you post. A selfie of and a close-up selfie of your non-facial hair. How how splotchy of facial hair is that, though? How how <laughs> where do you think where do you think that ranks on a score of zero to ten? Ten being like you have to ten would be like you have a full beard by four o'clock in the afternoon after shaving in the morning, and zero being <laughs> you're not even able to grow any body hair. Where would you put my facial hair on that list? And that's after a week, right? Six days, technically. Well, I mean, mind you, it's coming for me. I can't grow facial hair either, but I would give you like a a one, maybe a two. It's pretty bad, but I could grow, you know that area where like your Adam's apple is? I could grow a vicious neck soul patch right there. (laughs) 
maybe you should. Why did, why hasn't that become a thing yet? Like just a <laughs> neck, like a neck tomahawk beard. I'm, look, I'm going to go ahead and say that on this podcast right now. If somebody can grow out like a tomahawk or a mohawk looking neck beard, like just right in the line of your Adam's apple and grow that out for a month, I'll give you 200 bucks. Oh my God. I, I would just be impressed. I, you know what? I'm sure, I'm sure it's been done. It has to have been done. Everything's been done. I don't know. We're going to copyright that. We're going to copyright the neck mohawk look. That's going to be the profoundly pointless special, the neck mohawk. (laughs) Well, I can only grow a really scrubby mustache or an actual soul patch. God, I bet you do have the dirtiest perv-looking mustache. If anyone knows my father, he hasn't shaved his mustache since 1977, um, which... Now that I say that out loud, kind of makes me want to throw up. But at the same point, I mean that's pretty—that's goddamn legendary. I would imagine it's the right—the facial hair. It's not the same hair that he's had since 1977. I don't—that's not how facial hair works, right? I don't think so. But I mean, he's—but he's had a mustache, like full, like on mustache, for over 40 years. It just seems that. So you've never actually seen what your dad's face looks like. Never. That's kind of weird. I think my dad's had a mustache as long as I've known him, too. I feel like that must be a lifestyle. Is there anything more lifestyle than the mustache facial hair? Maybe that's why why, why our, our worlds have come together is because, really, our fathers are some kind of secret superheroes with their mustaches. Does your dad have a jean jacket? Uh, if he, I don't know. If he does, he's never worn it. Did you know that the dad have a pair of New Balances? He does, of course he does. My dad's got multiple pairs of New Balances, but they're not, but they're not, they're not the straight white New Balance. Like he changes them up a little bit. He'll go gray New Balance, then he'll go dark blue New Balance, then he'll go silver (laughs) New Balance. But it's always New Balance. Listen, how was how was your trip? Fantastic. It's a great trip. If you've never been to Banff National Park or Jasper National Park, I would honestly say to anybody who listens to this podcast, that's probably one of the most beautiful places in the world, and you really need to see it. How many times did you pee into a lake or onto a mountain? No, um, onto the mountain, like on the side of the trail a number of times. The lakes there, I would honestly say this to you, are so beautiful that like, ooh, I can't. I can't pee in that. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna soil that with my with my two incher. Oh Jesus. Listen, you know, you asked you asked what I've done uh last week. Did did you happen to see the upset of the century in the cats and dogs poll? No, I did not. What happened? Puss and Boots took down Tomcat. I don't really see that as a massive upset, honestly. I could I could understand that. Tomcat, come on. He's not um, more famous than Puss in Boots. He's really not. He's he's more legendary, at least. He has more of a... No, Puss in Boots is a classic fairy tale character. Tomcat's relatively recent. I don't think that's an upset at all. Oh, well, well uh, maybe I'm the only one who thought that. Apparently, 43% of, of, of the others uh, who voted for Tomcat... Uh, agree, but 
So it was actually relatively close. It wasn't like a, a landslide. It was, what, 43 to 57? Yeah. That's not a huge upset. I don't see why that's an upset at all. That's almost 20%. That's an upset. That's not an upset. Okay. All right. It's not an upset. I mean, those are two relatively static characters, right? Um, I mean, it depends who you're asking. Well, I mean, I guess clearly it's not an upset because more people like them. So it's not an upset. It's not like a sports upset or something like that. Listen, sure. this, this, isn't, this isn't important. What is important is did you know that the average squirrel loses 25% of their nuts to thieves? Well, maybe they should hold on to them tighter. Well, they've got to plant them all over the place or bury them. And did you know that the common squirrel actually anticipates this and sometimes will fake digging a nut in order to throw off those thieves? Like he'll pretend like he's burying a nut there and then he doesn't. What kind of squirrel are we talking about here? Regular squirrel, black squirrels? Well, there's over 285 different types of squirrels. If you can name me, can you tell me the only two continents that squirrels don't live on? Oh, I'm... I mean, I'm... I know I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to say Antarctica. Well, I mean, that's kind of obvious. The other one's the okay, hard good. one. Okay, good. Uh, Africa? Australia. Uh, that would have been my next guess. All right. It makes sense if you think about it. Like, it would be harder for the squirrel to get there. You have to stow away on, like, a plane or a boat, I guess, now. <laughs> I don't know. Australia has some pretty crazy animals that got there somehow. They really do have, like, the craziest animals. It's like an experiment. Like, the whole country, continent was, like, just an experiment of animals. Like, let's see if this thing lives. Listen, here's my other question that I want to ask you. If you accomplish something and you're kind of proud about it, like, let's say you do something, will you try to kind of backhanded let people know about it? Or what do you do when you have an accomplishment? Like, will you try to tell somebody? Uh... You know, contrary to what you may think, I, I'm i not really a humble bragger by any means, I don't think. You're not a humble bragger? Are you just more of a straight bragger? No, I'm not any kind of bragger. I've, if I do so, if I accomplish something, I don't, I don't, I don't do it for accolades or anything or any kind of pat in the back usually. Do you tell your wife about your day at the end of the day? Uh, I do not actually. She, she, unless she asks, I usually don't tell her anything. Hmm. Do you ask her? Uh, yeah, every day. She doesn't ask a follow-up question? She doesn't say anything? She just tells you about her day and then just nothing? Because usually when she asks me about my day, I don't really even tell her about my day. I'll say it was okay, and then I'll move on. Yeah, I'm not a really big, like, I've never really gotten into that whole thing about, like, I'm going to tell you minute by minute what happened. You know, I've never, like, eh, good. I basically go good, bad, average. Yeah, I mean, if there's something worth talking about, I'll bring it up. But, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I had this for breakfast, and then I did that, and then I talked to this person. And, I mean, you know, I mean, for two reasons. One, does she really care? And, two, do I want to take up the two or three hours at night reliving my workday? You would tell them about your workday for two hours? I I mean, you could do the same thing. Our jobs are pretty, pretty, you know are pretty active throughout the day. You could probably spend two hours if you really got down to every detail. Yeah, but anybody could do that, right? I mean, if you essentially were a tax accountant, you could do that. 
You could be like, at first I did John Smith, then I did Jane Smith, sure. then I forgot to carry the one, and the taxes were bad, and then I had to talk to the IRS, and the IRS didn't call me back until after, and then I had to talk to Karen at the IRS, and Karen at the IRS is never helpful. And so, finally, I just hung up on her and called somebody else back. And then John with the IRS, he called me back, and John's really good because we used to go to high school together, or we went to the high school in the same town, and John was very helpful. And then, you know, you could go on and on about anybody's job. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't say you couldn't. I think you insinuated that our jobs are somehow cooler than other people's, and I think that's just wrong. I, I did it at all, but... I think you did. You, I think you owe you, the audience an apology. Uh, no, I don't, know, I don't owe anybody an apology, because I didn't say anything. Who do you think you most right now owe an apology to in your life? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we talking historical Jesus? We talking spiritual Jesus? spiritual jesus because i'm he's upset with me that i spend my sunday night talking to you john's fast five pew 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 john's fast five john's fast five my god my god in a second wait this isn't gonna work while he's out awake. You know that, right? Do you have anything? Do you have a? Do you have your fast five? I I have some things. I have some things that I I wanted to bring up. Okay, all right. Let's hear it. Let's hear them in alphabetical order. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, okay. Um, so we'll start off with Drake. Okay. All right, Drake. That's your first one. That's a D. That's easy. Let's go. What's your opinion on Drake before I get to what I want to want to talk about? I think that he's a talented person, but I think that he's also just a weenie. He's just a weenie. <laughs> right? He's, he's, the, he's the guy in the group that he's like, let's go fight those guys. And then he's the one that like goes to the bathroom right when the fight starts and then shows back up later. Like, I man, really we love, did it. I really love that you were able to sneak the word weenie into the show this time. I uh, know, I'm pretty happy with it. No, but that, that's my feeling on Drake. He's just a weenie. He's like a weenie. I think his songs are great. I think he, I, I like a lot of his songs. But he's just like... Well, so So the reason I bring Drake up is there's this thing going around. Uh, so he's a huge Toronto Raptors fan, right? He's from Canada, blah, blah, blah. They're in, they're in the NBA Finals taking on the Golden State Warriors. But it's come out that he might be the biggest jinx in sports history. I uh what was that? I saw what you're talking about. Go on. <laughs> I mean, there's multiple instances. The ones that that I can think of off the top of my head, he was part of Conor McGregor's group uh, when McGregor uh, fought Khabib uh, last year, and McGregor got knocked out. He uh, just last night he was uh, that that boxing match. Um, Ruiz Junior. or something like that. Yeah, one of the biggest yeah. upsets in boxing history. Yeah. I mean, it looked like I was out there boxing the heavyweight champion of the world, and the, high, the the champion got knocked out in like the seventh round or whatever. I, you know, it just that's just crazy to me. Um, What's your point? You know, I, do you believe that in like jinxes, like sports jinxes? Like, is it a coincidence that literally everyone that he's attached himself to in the world of sports have have lost, or at least the examples that have come out? 
or is it, or does it, does it have nothing to do with anything? It's just does he have some headlines. does he have some sort of mystical powers? I don't think that he does. The only thing, okay, here's the only thing, only I think rational reason that you could give it up to is Drake is obviously one of the biggest musicians in the world. So maybe you're hanging out with Drake and you're not focused on your training. And so then you're not taking it as seriously as you should be because I think the things that probably come around along with hanging out with Drake could be pretty enticing. So maybe you're not taking it as seriously and that's what happens. But there isn't just some character about Drake in and of himself that like soaks into the blood of athletes and they just get knocked out. Like I don't believe in I don't believe in the idea of a jinx. I do believe in the idea though that you can mentally kind of knock yourself out of the game. Like for instance, last night Anthony Joshua was the heavyweight champion. March twenty first, he posted a picture of him and Drake, and said, "About to break the curse." Hashtag June first, and then he goes out to a guy who was a fifty to one underdog and gets knocked out. I mean that that's just. It's funny how many people or how many headlines I read today are blaming Drake, you know, and it's like he has he has nothing to do with it. But Zero. He's, he's just kind of a weenie, and people just <laughs> they know it. They know he's a weenie. What what else, what's your ne- next alphabetical topic? Uh, a a home invasion out of Massachusetts, uh, where this guy reported. And this is all for his report, so, you know, take it for what it is. Um, but the thieves broke in, made his bed, vacuumed his rugs, scrubbed the toilets, made a couple of origami roses out of uh, out of toilet paper, which they put on his bed and left. So they didn't actually steal anything? Didn't steal a damn thing. He says that he, think he, le- he thinks that he left his back door unlocked. And in uh, that they that they broke in. Why well, I, I don't know why you would necessarily report that. How do you even know? I mean, how do you, he probably was drunk and hired a cleaning service and didn't realize it. <laughs> I mean, that's that seems to be the most logical. Speaking like, of which, you are too damn old to be making drunk call, phone calls to people. Who who is that? You. I didn't make any drunk. I, you I made a drunk phone call one night on accident. I no, you made a drunk phone call. I, I don't think I did. Did I? It doesn't count unless you leave a voicemail. Ah, uh, I feel like you should use a voicemail. Why wouldn't you? Look, why would you not leave a voicemail on a drunken phone call? That's the best part of a drunken phone call. Nobody actually wants to talk to the other person on the end of a drunken phone call. They want to hear the voicemail. I mean, uh, first off, I don't. I don't think I, I did drunk. I think I don't think I drunk dialed you. I think I butt dialed you, which is different. What's What's more annoying to you, a butt dial or a drunk dial when you don't want one? I can't think of any time that I'd never. I can't think of any time that I've received a drunk dial, known it was a drunk dial, and not answered the phone like usually i'm just asleep i don't mind a drunk dial at all i don't really understand how people get so upset about little tiny things that in the grand scheme of things take you five seconds like i don't mind a butt dial it's not a big deal i actually like answering them i love answering a good robo call those are fantastic <laughs> i'm sure you do love answering a good robo call because you are the kind of person that will sit there and, and entertain them for hours i just want to I, I just like to talk to them 
and see what they have to say about it. I mean, just see how long they're going to go on with this. Okay, so you went, you had a D, you had an H. Do you have any other topics, or are you done? I have an I. Okay. Do you still have an iTunes like uh, like iTunes Music Library on a computer somewhere? I don't think so. No, I'm not a big music person. Well, that's evident. Well, I, then this won't affect you. Uh, too much, but uh, iTunes is scrapping um, uh, the i the i uh, iTunes service. They're they're shutting it down. Okay. But if it doesn't really affect you, because you're the only person uh, that I know of in my life that that probably doesn't really like music, um, which is how do you not like music? I like music, but I listen to music when it comes on. I'm not somebody that would ever sit down and like what, listen to an album. Do you ever do that? Do you like sit down with your beer and listen to an album all the way through? Like, ooh, new Dave Matthews came out. Let me listen to it. I, of course I do. You listen to Dave Matthews albums all the way through and then put on <laughs> I, Nickelback right after that, followed by some Florida Georgia line. <laughs> you just literally named two of the the worst bands uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, but I'm impressed that you at least know who Florida Georgia Line is. No, I was just making fun of you. I know they're terrible. <laughs> I I will go on record as a saying that not all Nickelback is absolute garbage, in my opinion. Look, I feel like you don't really like our top five, or you're not very excited <laughs> about it. But I, I fucking love it. The more I was just laughing, thinking about it, I love it. I, I love it. Like I don't have good ones. I, I don't know. I there. It's gonna be. This is gonna be my worst top five that I've ever done. Okay, so our top five is top five favorite words to say. What is your number five? <laughs> I, I don't even want to. Can I just default to no. you and you just do yours? No. Uh, I have kerfluffle. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's a good word. <laughs> because that's about the, the the best one I have, but I had to put it so low because it's just it's it's a it's a number five word, you know what I mean? It's not number one. I understand. Mine is uh bamboozled. <laughs> I what does bamboozled even mean? You know? I'm not sure. I don't really know what half of these words mean, but I like them. Like, I love saying, oh, I was bamboozled. I I don't think I've ever said the word bamboozled. Uh, so. You should try to swing it in there. What's your number four? <laughs> uh, I mean, this one's pretty simple. Uh, shit. Okay. I mean, shit is probably... That's the funnest cuss word to kind of say, right? Like fuck is the most fuck is the most versatile, but shit is the funnest one to say. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I say it constantly, so I mean, that's why it made my list. Mine is my number four is pistol whip. <laughs> why? Is there any reason as to why the whip, it's on your list? Just say it a couple of times, pistol whip. Did you see Craig? Craig got pistol whipped. Like you tell me you're not imagining Craig right now getting pistol whipped. Just getting his ass beat. Just getting his ass beat. What's your what's your number three? 
<laughs> Bumber shoot. <laughs> what is that? One? <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't. I guess I didn't really realize how funny that word is. Till yeah, they're so. See, this is what I mean. Like, I thought this was going to be really dumb, and then the more I thought about these words, the more I just found myself laughing about them. What does bumper shoot mean? So it's it's out of a uh, it's out of a Disney movie, um, and it's uh, I, I forget which one, but um, basically the character saying like and it refers to like an umbrella, so they're calling their umbrella bumper shoot. Okay, but it's just it's just funny to say it to me, and I've never forgot it, forgotten it. <laughs> bumper. bumper shoot. <laughs> My number three is skedaddle. <laughs> I've actually have used skedaddle, so that at least I can get that reference. Do you remember the specific instance? Uh, I, I was probably trying to diffuse the situation and be funny, and I was just like, "Well, I'm going to skedaddle on out of here." Wait a minute! You actually use that, and like, okay, were you fighting with a woman or fighting with a man? Uh, I was probably in a group of people, I, I, if I remember right, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I guess I don't know if that's a terrible idea. Like if I was getting ready to get in a group brawl and somebody on the <laughs> other side just said, time to skedaddle, I don't know if – I think that's a great fighting technique. Like I wouldn't be able to seriously continue. <laughs> I've always thought that if you're getting ready to throw down with somebody and you just ask them like a question, you know, like to make them think. Would, like, all the anger just go away? Yeah, if you just hit him with, like, name me your top three kinds of cheese as you ran into <laughs> battle, I don't know what I would do. If I was, like, getting ready to square up with somebody and they just hit me with, name your top three favorite kinds of cheese, I would... <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably taking a loss at that fight. I, I would probably be, be drunk and I'd be like, ooh, food? Okay. <laughs> I think I would just leave. What's your number two? Uh, did, okay, uh, so my number two is uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I think that's a great one. I don't know if that's technically a word, though. I believe that's more of a phrase. Oh, well, fuck. Right? I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't actually look it up to see if it was uh, or not. Isn't I believe that's Mary Poppins, right? But what does she say? Does she super califragilistic I don't remember if that's a phrase or if that's like the magical spell. I feel like that's a solid number two, but it might have an asterisk next to it. <laughs> well, I mean most things do, I guess, so Okay. My number two is jujitsu. <laughs> say jujitsu a bunch of times. Jujitsu, 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 jujitsu. <laughs> there you go. That's how you do it. Okay, what's your what's your number one? In my opinion, this is a solid number one. Uh, what, what do you mean? Like you have a solid number one? Yeah, I think so. One? I think when people hear my number one, they'd be like, "Ooh, that's probably the best." <laughs> well, my my number one's not good at all, so I'll just get it out there, and uh, it's idiot. That's good. I don't know if it's number one worthy, but it's pretty good. Okay. Mine is onomatopoeia. <laughs> I'm not even sure I could say that correctly if I tried. What uh, What's on your honorable mention? Onomatopoeia. Um, once again, I have, so I have some bitch. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, anal. <laughs> yeah, I know you have experience with that. 
Uh, you know what? I was going to try to come back, but I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> I was, like, trying to think of things to come up with, and, uh, yeah, there was... There's uh, nothing? nothing? going on there. Okay, what else you got? Uh, so, I mean, I wrote down a bunch. Um, Just list them off quickly. Not Nettie. Uh, Apple Knocker. Uh, Bilbo. I don't know why I wrote Bilbo down, but I always thought that was funny. Uh, Fur Uncle, uh, Futz, uh, <laughs> maybe one I should have put on the list, um, uh, Deglutition. Okay. Um, yeah, I have, I have a, a Mazel Tov I put on there, which is technically two words. Oh, is it? I thought it was just one. That's a good one anyway. I'll count that as one. Okay, give me yes. two more if you have them on your list. I have Wabbit. Apparently is a word, and strapadado. Okay, I don't know what that is. What's strapadado? <laughs> uh, I don't know either. But uh, I was just looking up words, and I came across. I'm like, does that mean like a, a strap on? That's what I was thinking. It probably means. <laughs> I feel like that's some kind of sex word. Um, <laughs> my honorable honorable mention is crisp. Just say the word crisp. Oh, it's a fantastic word to say. Uh, Crisp. Oblivion, embiggen, bombastic, amalgamation, defenestration, and <laughs> really, we should have put this one higher. Shenanigans. What is what's defenestration? It's being thrown out of a window. Well, that's terrible to think about. Yeah, it has an official term of being thrown out of a window. It's called defenestration. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to do a quick show note update thing. I don't know how I should have phrased that a second ago. But if you submitted to our Game of Thrones contest, I want to assure you we are still going through all of those entries. We are making some progress. It's taking a while because there's a lot of entries and we have to go through them all, but we are making some progress there. I also want to mention, I'm I'm completely serious about that neckbeard situation. If you will grow a mohawk neckbeard, basically from your chin as far down on your neck as you can and make it look kind of like a mohawk kind of thing, I'll give you 200 bucks for that. I, I, I think that's a completely – I think that is a great way to spend some money. I should also mention that if you can, for no other reason than to make the man's day, head over to one of our social media accounts and vote on the whole top five fictional cats versus dog thing. I really think that, that John Shull is a man who deserves to be happy and – interacting with people and hearing feedback about his Facebook poll and his Twitter polls, that is really something that makes him happy. It's a small gesture, and you never know how easy it is to make somebody's day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.